0: Good morning and welcome to the tailgate brought to you by campus2canton.com. It is week seven of the college football season. Can't tell it from everybody's faces, but we are very excited to be here this morning. (laughs) Come on, guys. Smile. It's college football. Got a great day of games here ahead of us. Um, We're going to help you navigate some of these tricky bye weeks this week. Give you some prize picks um, and talk a little bit about some of the games that have already happened. How does that sound, everybody? Matt Bruning, Chris Moxley. Excited. Excited.
1: So Can't wait! To I'm ready.
0: Football. There's no Colin Decker this week, so I feel extra good this morning, uh, just <laughs> being here with you three and not with him. Um, just just always makes the morning a little bit better. Um, <laughs> let's um, let's go right into this, guys. How's that sound? We've, we've yep. had we've had some some high scoring games here this week already, uh, excluding the Clemson, uh, Syracuse uh, snooze fest last night, South Alabama. I think we don't necessarily care about any of the guys on that team except for Mr. Jalen Tolbert, who went off finally. Finally had a big game with a touchdown. He's had a bunch of big, you know, catch yardage performances. Finally got that elusive touchdown along with him. 11, 174, and one. If he can start getting the touchdown along with the yardage and everything, I mean, how much do we like him rest of season, Chris?
2: Oh, he, I mean, I think he'll probably be in the top 10 weekly of scoring. I mean, on average, right? I think he's a top 10 wide receiver, rest of the season. I think there's a ch- case for him in the top five if he's going to keep scoring touchdowns. That isn't really a prolific offense in general. I mean, Jake Bentley isn't what I would call a high flying quarterback. So,
0: two rushing two rushing touchdowns this week, though. He looked like Lamar Jackson out there.
2: Yeah, the, the pride of Opelika, but, um, no, I, I, I like Jalen Tolbert. I like Jalen Tolbert a lot. I, I think this is good for his NFL potential as well. I, I think there's a lot to like about him rest of the season as a, uh, he's going to get the yards. He's getting them already. He's going to get the yards, averaging over hundred per game.
0: Yeah. I mean, he's, he's just bigger and faster than everybody else in that conference. That is, those are obviously two very nice things to have there at the wide receiver position. Um, Let's talk a little bit about the Clemson game from last night. And Brandon, I'm going to toss this your way real quick. This was a snooze fest. I don't know that we need to talk that much about it. Clemson got bailed out by a terrible hold and a missed field goal at the end of the game there for Syracuse. Um, also helps me uh, get the under. I was I was sweating a little bit when that looked like it was going to overtime. So thank you, Syracuse's kicker, whoever you are. Um just, Another rough night for DJ. None of the wide receivers did anything. The biggest performance was Kobe Pace. I mean, what what the heck are we doing here? It's like, it's just this, it's Groundhog Day. It's the same thing every single week with these guys.
3: And uh, one of the announcers talked about it late um, in the fourth quarter. It was 14 to 7 when they were, it was like third and six. And they just ran the ball at the middle rather than even trying to get the um, first down. So they were playing for a field goal, which Clemson didn't used to do they would go for the kill shot you know go for that touchdown so i think that just shows their mentality now they can play defense run the ball and i hope dju and that passing offense can get them maybe two touchdowns a game uh but yeah that second half especially because clemson was really uh you know going all in on sean tucker and syracuse's passing game was atrocious as well uh it was not a great day Great game to watch uh the ball, you know, get moved down the field. So yeah, it's I just think that's who they are the rest of the season. And I think the bigger question is can they can Clemson change it next year? Because we, we hope for DJU they can, but it'll be very interesting.
0: Yeah, I figure maybe I don't know how much more time they give that offensive coordinator there who has been Tony Elliott. Terrible. I mean he I was the co offensive like coordinator before. Yeah. But I mean, uh, Jeff Scott was doing a lot of heavy lifting apparently before he left for for USF. Well, uh, Garrett Schrader outperformed DJU last night, right? Or at least like out like statistically.
1: Uh, yeah, I mean, you know. well, I think it goes something to uh, what what Felix tweeted out last night. It just seems like like Elliot has his wide receivers running like three or four routes, and that's it. like that's it. It's just the same shit over and over and over again. And I also don't want to say. All of it can't be on the offensive coordinator either, though, because DJU missed some wide open wide receivers at times last night. I mean, there's a couple balls that I mean, poor Justin Ross, who came back from what looked like could have almost been a career ending injury, comes back this year to try and rebuild that draft stock. And then even last night, last night I'll be honest is one of the few games this year I've actually watched Clemson because they've been so bad, and I'm watching him get open. I they were the the, uh, the commentators were talking about he threw a ball down the sideline. I think it was like late second quarter. And, like, oh, he's throwing up a jump ball to Justin Ross. No, not really, because Justin Ross didn't have to jump for it because it was, like, right here, and the defender was all over him. Like, Justin Ross had, like, two inches on that dude. Throw it up, let Justin Ross go up and get it. He threw a couple behind Ross, granted. It still hit him in the hand. You're supposed to catch it, but, I mean, you got to help the guy out somehow. Like, DJU is not playing good either.
0: No, it— I don't how how many players on the Clemson offense week in week out would you feel comfortable starting?
2: Maybe Kobe Pace or Will Shipley when he comes back.
0: Maybe. Yeah. I
2: mean the yeah, the okay. ceiling is. A, this is this.
0: So
2: this has been a long time coming for Clemson, I think, and they were able to mask it with Trevor Lawrence. But and we talk about this, right? They only recruit one style of wide receiver. They all they, they do they have not been recruiting well on either the defensive or offensive line. Really, the offensive line is in shambles. Tony Elliott is, is not calling great plays. Like there's a lot wrong with this Clemson team and it doesn't look like it's turning around soon. I I'm wor- I'm worried about the team and players on that team. I'm worried about DJU. I like I mean I'm really worried about DJU from a from like a fantasy perspective. Like he just doesn't look good at all. Like, there's a lot of issues and he owns a lot of it. Like he he needs to take ownership. Like I'm scared. I I'm worried if I have DJU in camp. Like I just
3: Yeah, I picked him first overall in one in one league this 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 year, and uh, that's looking really bad right now.
0: Are are we panic selling at this point, Brandon? What would you sell him for? Like,
3: I just don't. I think you you put so much capital in getting him. If you get him that high, that you're not getting anything worth it right now. So you just gotta hold and hope that he comes out of it, or he gets you know the NFL looks past you know what he's doing in Clemson right now and looks at the tools. And he gets that, you know, uh, a good spot in the NFL. But right now, I don't really know what you can even sell him for.
2: You can't get, like, Matt Corral, right? Like, nobody's trading Matt Corral for DGD, no. right? Oh, that's, no, that's I don't think so. Is. So, I mean, you're not yeah. looking at a quarterback. Yeah. Was his his
1: ADP, what, had to have been, like, 1.2 or 3, right? Like, I know Bijan, toward the end of the mocks, kind of moved his way up into being, like, one of the top picks. But DJU was almost like the first quarterback off the board in every draft, right?
0: If if I remember correctly, his overall ADP was like two point something. So yes, he usually never dropped later than three. Some drafts, Rattler okay. went over him, which again, not, not that's not looking <laughs> great at this point either. But yeah, I mean, I, I don't think I don't remember I handled all of our the mock draft like data this year. I don't remember seeing a single draft that he went later than three or four.
1: Yeah, that's what I figured.
2: That's just uh, it's it's insane. You, really he is insane. Yeah. You have to trade him for like you can't trade him for a quarterback because you're not going to get enough quarterback back. Uh, and you probably I mean you don't want to trade him for a wide receiver at that at that range. I mean, can you get like can you get like tank baseb for him?
0: Probably, Another under, underperforming guy. Yeah, like can you, Possibly,
2: I guess. Yeah. I don't know.
0: I wouldn't give tank basebay for him for I wouldn't for either. Record, but, um I mean, he, he's got the tools, though, like Brandon said. I think that makes it difficult to write him off completely in, in some NFL team. When he was throwing last night where it didn't look like he really had to think about it, I thought he looked okay. It's when he was kind of, you know, he'd pat the ball a couple times and, you know, scanning the field for a long time. I think that's when he gets lost. So,
3: fingers he crossed. Just has he, the, he just has the yips now. Like, that's I think possible, he's had so many... Bad games, it's just kind of – at least that's what I'm hoping. Because, you know, he doesn't do what he I did last year. I hope he has year. the hips.
4: Yeah. <laughs> I
3: get it, though. I mean, I, mean <laughs> I think it's more of a mental thing that maybe – I don't know. Uh, I, no I can't explain it. I can't I can't explain it that he's been this bad, that, that Clemson is this bad. This offense is this bad. It shouldn't be this bad.
0: Yeah, they're, yeah. they're just not a good team. No. at all right now let's um let's talk a little bit about about a guy that i know is near and dear to at least matt and chris's heart here uh at that marshall north texas game last night which um <laughs> both of them i was i thought grant you wanted to talk well. about rashin ali more but we you can want to, you want to lead though. it off with grant wells
1: no we can lead it man rashin ali Oh right, yeah everybody ali. It stops to read what I wrote.
0: Yeah, we're all like, uh, yeah, that's not Christine Ali. What <laughs> well, nice nice if I stink like a
1: Come on, man. He was amazing. Go ahead, Moxley. He, you were on him first. Go ahead.
2: Yeah. No, I, I, Ever since week one, when he kind of came up to the scene, I, I've been really impressed with him. And he's done nothing but produce. I mean, I, don't, I wasn't really impressed by the North Texas defense. But this is like six weeks in a row now. I mean, he's just continually doing it week in week out he's a starter for your team regardless on, on the campus side i don't know if he is like any upside long term but i mean he he's been really really impressive he already has 22 receptions through seven games he's averaging 5.5 yards per carry Like he's he's been excellent and I, i'm really excited because I, I think you're gonna have him for a couple couple years to produce so I, I mean i think he is a guy that's still under the radar for what he's doing i'm really impressed with him, you know he's just explosive
1: yeah i mean he's he's really been amazing i was trying to pull it up really quick i think he might be the top scoring running back right now on the cff side i'm pretty sure he he
0: was last week so okay so then i'm assuming that nothing has changed no not with the performance he had last
1: night i mean only thing that hurt him last night was for whatever reason they decided to let grant wells run the ball in three times outside of that i mean he could be looking at five touchdowns right now on that game last night so I'm with Chris. I mean, I haven't had a chance. I I prefer when I'm looking at players to, like, look at all 22 and everything compared to just watching, like, broadcasts of the game. So I don't know if Ali really has any NFL potential. But even if he doesn't, that likely means you're going to get him for another three years because he probably stays all four years. And if he's going to continue to put up these kind of points, you are have a top, what, maybe five at worst RB for four straight years. I mean, that's just it's amazing. And he's a guy that I know I picked up off the waiver wire after week one. So I was trying to see if I could pull up his, um, does anybody off the top of their head know what his, uh, roster ship percentage is?
0: It's gotta, be. I have
1: no 81%. High. So he's still available in, leagues, I'm
0: wondering, I'm wondering how much of that is like best balls and stuff, though, that are kind of thrown out Oh,
1: yeah, and there are some yeah, C2Cs where you can't make moves, so I yeah. guess that makes sense, but even the, then, that's...
0: We're we're in a league together, Matt, where you can't make any moves throughout. The- you can trade, but you can't add drop. so he's sitting there at the top of the list. Every time I go in there, I'm just like, oh, it hurts so bad there's- that Rasheen Ali's just sitting there. Man, that actually, GM league, uh, there's a lot of good players sitting.
3: Yeah. yeah, I actually traded for for Ali in the, in the program, so I'm very happy with that.
0: Yeah, he has been really good, and I think there is NFL upside there. I do. I mean, I get that he's a a, a lower uh, from a lower tier school, but I mean, he he's been dynamic this year. He's got the size too. Yeah. He's not, you know, Deuce Vaughn out there like, you know, like a tiny guy that that we have to he's worry got about a that. little little weight. Get get give him like ten more pounds,
2: but he's only he's only a second year player. Like he can add that that weight. And he what I really like about him, and I think this is key for his NFL potential, is. He'll be on kickoff sometimes. Like, yeah, he had, already has one return, and it was kind of a trick play. But they use him in a lot of different ways. Like I, re, like I'm really excited for Rashawn Ali. Just like I, he's just a fun player.
1: Yeah, I mean the one thing I'll add with the with the NFL upside thing is is Brendan Knox. I don't know if he got drafted, but he was on a team for a little bit last year or this past offseason before he got cut. And I think Rashawn Ali is is massively better than not. So I wouldn't doubt that they're especially with the receiving game. And as Moxley mentioned, being able to use on special teams, even if that's what he ends up being like a, I know he, I'm not comping him to this player, but even if he ends up in the NFL and gets that route, like a Phillip Lindsay type, where he gets in there like, okay, well, we're just going to use you on special teams. Then he's so explosive. Like, okay, well let's give you some carries and see what you do. And then now we've seen what Philip Lindsay has done in the NFL. Granted, injuries have kind of slowed him down. That first year, he was really good. If Ali can take that track, even if we don't think, which I'm not disagreeing with Austin, I, I trust Austin when it comes to to uh, evaluating running backs there that, I mean, then you just got yourself a steal off the waiver wires here again for three, possibly four years of college production, then an NFL back in the future.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, he's six foot 201. There will, be, there will be no size concerns. Yeah, get, get, get 10 pounds on the kid. He'll be fine. Um, so I, I, a guy that I don't think I saw really anybody talking about before this season, the best part about C2C is some of these guys that come out of the woodwork. Um, so we'll be paying attention to him. Let's talk – I mean, you talked a little bit about Grant Wells there, stealing a couple rushing touchdowns uh, from him last night as well. A decent game from Grant Wells, um, so he'll probably have a bad one next week. But let's focus yeah. on the good one uh, this week. A, a, a nice – Nice game there from uh, a quarterback that I think looks w- – we like how he looks when he's good, and then when he's bad, we we wonder what's going on. <sighs> yeah, that's the worst part about
1: it, right? It's like he's just so up and down, but he's a top 14 scoring quarterback right now. And and that, that's, I think, is the crazy thing about it because I remember um, – it may have been three weeks ago now at this point – I talked about starting him on the tailgate. I was like, look, he's had two really good games back-to-back. He was going up against a bad defense. I was like, you need to start him. And then he got you like eight points because he threw like three interceptions at 100 yards. And the crazy thing about it is, and I know, I I love it when like the analytics guys come on board. Alfred was talking earlier this year about how he's seen some of those NFL throws out of Grant. The problem is he's just not consistent at all. We saw it last year during COVID. They got that for they were the very first college football game back on TV, right? And he had some amazing throws. He has them. It's just he's not consistent. If, if he could really turn that around, I honestly think maybe not an NFL starting quarterback, but I do think he could make it into the NFL as like a backup. But for CFF, um, that that's just the frustrating part is figuring out when to start him because he, he's going to give you some really good weeks. Like I haven't gone in to see what he scored this past week, but I mean. Five touchdowns, three hundred and twenty-three yards. I mean, he had a, he had a great day. He's probably going to help you win leagues if you
2: started him. Yeah, he's great. Uh, well, I don't want to say he's great because like he is up and down. He he led the country in passing yards against last night. Like he, you see those NFL throws. I'm right there with you, right? Like you see them in the app. I remember watching the App State game a couple weeks ago. I think they were on on Thursday, and he had a throw over the middle to I think it was Xavier Gaines, and then he had one to like Corey Gamage late. Like, And both of them were just, like, they were NFL throws. Like, they they were excellent throws, like, with anticipation. He just hit the guy and stride. Like, he threw him open. It was just – you see that, and then he just, like, struggles against Middle Tennessee State. Like, it's he is an extremely frustrating player. But he does impress um, analytically as well. So, I I do think that he's been um, a little up and down. But he's – I mean, he's gone over 270 yards in every single game. And he's gone over 300 in, I think, five of seven. So he's performing at a high level.
0: Hey, Malik Willis threw three interceptions against middle Tennessee as well. So, you know, great company to be in there for Mr. Grant Wells. Um, yeah, on the other side of that that game last night, it's the last guy we're gonna talk about, and then we'll we'll talk about some of our predictions here for this week. DeAndre Torrey, the running back from North Texas, they really don't have much to be proud of last night with how how their performance but but he had a really nice game, 20 carries. 179 yards, two touchdowns. i rest of the season, I we got a few feeling pretty good about him. They they play some pretty weak teams down the stretch here.
2: Big time. He's just old. He's no NFL future, but he's a great college producer for the rest of the year.
0: Would you yeah, would you buy senior, him right? buy him for a contender? I think Definitely he is, late. yeah. I
2: think he's a fifth or sixth year senior, too. Like he's he's pretty old. Um I, I mean, yeah, why why not, right? Like you could. I don't know who you would swap for him, but, like, if you have, you're deep at wide receiver, maybe you can trade a guy like – I probably wouldn't want to trade Jared Stearns because he's performing at a high level. But, I mean, I think DeAndre Torres is a top ten back for the rest of the year. Like you said, like, that's a really easy schedule, and he's done it all year. Like, he's been a really impressive. Well, I mean,
1: we talked a little bit about this on Debbie Debate Wednesday on the after show, right, Austin? Like, a guy like this, if you're if you're contending, do you give up? Like, see if you can get a third-round pick for him. Just say, hey, I'll give you a third-round pick college pick and give me a give me a high-end running back same thing we talked about Jared stearns maybe go up to a two if they won't budge off that but i mean i, I think that's fair value get, especially if you have a chance to win the college side why not
0: that all my negotiations start with like a third or a fourth for these guys yeah because i think you, if you just look he's a senior he's not gonna do anything beyond this year there's no nfl future and your team sucks i will give you a free pick for him generally seems to be a pretty good i get pretty good responses to that because i think people generally know when their team sucks so i mean at this point in the year you're either it's either working for you or it's not
1: well some people do some people (laughs) refuse to see that
0: my one and five team will come back you will see all right guys (laughs) cool Man, it's going to be embarrassing when you have to admit you lost that one. All right, guys, our game picks for the week.
1: I've never lost. That's my Lamar ball. (laughs) Never lost. Or Lamar ball. Which one? I don't remember. It doesn't matter. Go ahead. Sorry.
0: All right, guys. So let's wrap up here real quick. Rapid fire some of these. Our picks for the week. Oklahoma State at Texas. Texas coming off a rough loss last week, but I think they bounced back, uh, and I think they beat this Oklahoma State team.
1: Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, Texas, I think, uh, even though o is, uh, Oklahoma State is undefeated, I think Texas has the, beater, better, beatter, the better offense I'm taking.
3: Yeah, I'll, I'll also take, uh, take Texas. Oh, I got confused. My bad. I got That's confused.
2: Funny, well, yes, <laughs> no, really I'm, cool. I'm on Texas as well. I, <laughs> I'm not worried about Oklahoma State's offense. They can't score. Spencer Sanders is not very good. Texas deep, Texas offense could keep up. I, I I'm not intimidated by the Oklahoma State defense against uh, what Texas offense has been able to do. So, give me all horns. All
0: right, next up here, guys. Auburn at Arkansas. Another 12 p.m. kickoff here. Um, two teams. Uh, two, I mean, a nice SEC matchup here. Uh, I'm going to take Arkansas. They, they 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 played really well last week against Ole Miss. They lost because they went for two at the end. No shame in that. Um, Auburn has a lot of injuries and I just I don't think they're a very good team right now. Give me Arkansas.
1: I think it's gonna be a very close game, but I am taking Arkansas as well. I think that defense is a lot better than what they showed last week against Ole Miss as well. Um, and I don't know that Auburn and, and the Bone Knicks train will be able to put it up that many points. I'm I'm in on Arkansas here.
2: I got Auburn and it's game theory. I got to catch up to y'all. I actually do think Auburn can win though. I I, I think Arkansas has been exposed a little bit based on where they were earlier this year. And I think Bo Nix is playing a little bit better than I thought he would. So I kind of, I mean, I kind of like Auburn this week. I think it's going to be really close. I think this game is going to come down to like a last second field goal, but give, give me the Tigers.
3: Yeah. I, I go with Arkansas and kind of what Matt said, I think the defense is better and Matt Corral is not going to be on the field this week. So I don't think they have the, the difficulties defending the pass against Bo Nix like they did last week.
0: And just for accountability's sake, Colin has also sent in his picks this week. He picked Texas in that first matchup and Arkansas in the second one. So just to keep everything above board, there doesn't um, can't bother to show up, but wants us to count as picks. Whatever. Uh, BYU at Baylor, three thirty p.m. kickoff. Um, I'm taking Baylor, but I don't feel great about it. I, BYU is extremely overrated. I don't know how they ever got to be a top ten team or whatever. Um, I, I actually I, I think Baylor is a better team. Um, uh, so I'll, I'll take them, but it is a pretty close game and, and it's not going to be very exciting in my opinion either.
1: I, I think Baylor's going to, I shouldn't say win convincingly, cause I do think BYU is a good team. I, the reason they got up there is because of the teams they beat earlier in the year. They beat up on some of those PAC 12 schools, but they're not that they've been struggling a little bit here. I think Baylor has the better offense. I, I don't know that BYU is going to be able to keep up with that. So I, I am taking Baylor.
2: Yeah, I got I got the Bears as well. Baylor's been playing really really fantastic football for for, for a while now. Um, BYU has not. BYU had a bad loss to Boise State. I don't think that BYU is a good team either. I think they were very overrated coming off a big win against Utah and that which Utah's not very good. But then they beat and Arizona State. State.
0: Big win. Yeah, it was good?
2: <laughs> um, so I I just think Baylor's a much better team here. I think they I think they do cover um, as well. So if you're interested in that sort of thing.
3: Yeah, I got I got Baylor. BYU didn't look very good last week to me, and Baylor barely lost to undefeated Oklahoma State at the end. So I, I've got Baylor. Uh,
0: and Colin is the only one of us to pick BYU. Um, so we'll yeah. all get a game there on him. Thank you, Colin. Kentucky at Georgia, three thirty kickoff as well here. Um, this game again is going. It's going to be like twenty seven to three. Like, it's going to be boring as shit, but Georgia's going to win.
1: Uh, I disagree. I, I don't think Kentucky's going to win, but I do think they're going to score a touchdown, again, at least against Georgia. I, I think it's going to be like a 20-13 to 13 game. I, I I think Will Levis is going to have like one really great play in this game. Shut He's going to keep those people talking about Hey, I'm not. He's going to keep those people talking about I think Kentucky's going to play okay, but I'm not picking them to win. It's, it's Georgia's going to win the game.
2: Yeah, this is going to be Georgia easily. I I don't think Kentucky is going to score more than thirteen either. I'd be surprised they got there. I think they're going to score under ten. This is not a good. This is not a good Kentucky offense. This is, is the defense is fine. Georgia's going to crush them. They're just, they're different class of teams.
3: Yeah, I got I got Georgia, and I just hope Wandale Robinson does something today. uh, uh
0: Colin picked Georgia as well. Last game here, Arizona State at Utah. Um looks like this might be a clean, clean sleep as well here. Um, uh, Utah coming off that big win against uh, USC last week, but I, I think that, that, that Arizona State can run the ball on them effectively. Give me Arizona State.
1: This was really close for me. I, I was going back and forth because I think Utah has looked a lot better since Cameron Rising has gone in at quarterback. I thought Charlie Brewer would be able to open up this offense, but it really has been rising. But I do think that Arizona State is the better team and if they really want to try and win the Pac-12, like Coach Edwards has been talking about, they have to win this game, so I am taking Arizona State.
2: Yeah, I'm taking ASU as well, and I, I think it's going to be close as well. I've been really impressed by Cameron Rising. Also, I think that he's played very solid football, and he's really changed the dynamic of the offense, but I think the Sun Devils are a little bit better. Um, Rashad White just just crushing everybody. I hope he'll do it again this week.
3: Yeah, I also have Arizona State. I, uh, I, I like the variation they kind of do on offense. You know, they're creative with, with uh, Daniels, so I have them.
0: And Colin does as well. All right, guys, that is going to wrap up our first hour here. Uh, we are going to welcome in the second hour here, Matt uh, and, and Brandon. Thanks for joining us here. Uh, Chris will continue on into the second hour. Good luck today, everybody. Uh, we will see you guys tonight on Coast to Coast. Uh, uh, breaking down all of the day's action. Uh, we will see you guys. Goodbye. Goodbye. Go, go
1: Buckeyes.
5: It's Coast to Coast presented by com. We have another great show for you tonight, a lot of excellent performances in college football, and we're covering it all. We're going coast to coast for you tonight with Campus2Can.com, but I need you guys to do two things for it. Jump in the chat, interact with us, interact with the show. Let us know what you thought about today's performances, and let us know uh, 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 where you're watching from. we just want to know that you enjoy what it is that we're doing. Hit that like button so we can reach more people. We start every show, every coast to coast with the rundown. It's how we're going to start today. Matt Bruning, Oklahoma State at Texas.
1: How did that one look today? How did B. John Robinson and company look? I mean Bijan looked fantastic your guy Casey Thompson I'm surprised was not riding the bench by the end of this game I mean my goodness let's as we always do start with the winners here Oklahoma State pulled off the win 32 24 Spencer Sanders 178 yards one touchdown one interception looked okay uh, he did a good job keeping them on track uh, they struggled early but really started going there in the second half Jalen Warren who Brandon Hay talked a lot about this morning on the tailgate had himself a day 193 yards on the ground I just put this in there because You were mentioning him, but you said they needed to throw the ball to Brendan Presley more. He did get 30 yards and a touchdown, so he was at least active late in that game, but Casey Thompson – This may just be an indictment on how bad Hudson Card is because he was not getting out there on the field, but Casey Thompson did not look good. He struggled mightily in this game. Um, I really think if they had a better quarterback option, they might have gone to him. He did take a pretty nasty hit early in the third quarter. Uh, Hudson Card came in for like a couple plays and then went back out, Uh, but he was not good. Bijan was amazing again. 135 on the ground, 35 through the air, three touchdowns altogether. Uh, He's going to continue to just smash, it looks like, and uh, you're probably going to continue to beat the drum about him sitting out next year, uh, but he he looks locked and loaded to be a first-round pick and the top running back taken off the board in 2023. Uh, wide receiver-wise, Washington had a good day. Xavier Worthy was a little bit quiet, so expect a big game out of him. Uh, but all overall, a very disappointing game again here for Texas. They were up early in this game and then in the second half just kind of choked it away again, something I think Sark needs to look at, whether it's Casey Thompson, the defense, I'm not 100% sure, but Texas, again, losing a lead late in the second half.
5: Somewhat of a disappointing sea- season for Steve Sarkisian um, and the Texas Longhorns, but you got to think that they'll be able to recruit that state. It's one of the college uh, the re- recruiting hotbeds. You got to think that they'll get better as uh, the seasons go on because offensively they look fine. They just need some additional pieces there. Thank you, Matt. I, wanna, I do want to say this: Oklahoma State. They're playing well. They're going to play Oklahoma later in the season, and Oklahoma State, the last t- team to beat Oklahoma. last team to beat Oklahoma. All right, let's bring in Brandon Hay here. Brandon, Kentucky was an underdog at Georgia today with Will Levis, uh, Wandale Robinson, and company. Were they able to pull
3: out the upset? They were not able to pull up the upset. They did keep it close for a half. They scored a touchdown near the end of the first half to kind of, you know, keep it kind of close because Stetson Bennett was struggling a little bit early on. But he found himself in the second half and made some really nice throws. Uh, Brock Bowers, just a monster, you know, he, he, he caught one touchdown, they called back, then the very next play, he caught another touchdown. Um, you know, he, he just, they played with a lot of the tight ends. The wide receivers didn't do much for Georgia, but they got a lot going with the tight ends. In Kentucky just could not get offense going consistently. They tried to use a lot of misdirection trick plays. That worked occasionally, but Georgia's defense was just so strong that they just couldn't get it going. Uh, Will Levis, you know, he had, he had to throw it 42 times, completed 32 for only 192 yards. So, you know, that's not great. He got two touchdowns, but one was late when the game was very, you know, already um, over. They were not able to run the ball because uh, the Georgia defense was so strong. So Chris Rodriguez was, didn't do much through the through the ground um and also uh he only had well actually he didn't even lead it was uh it was smoke he had, he had five carries for 14 yards so you know that's not good if that's the leader and then um and then also with a uh, Wandale robinson um fantasy wise he came out all right but it, his stat line is 12 catches for 39 yards and a touchdown that's never great when you're you know averaging 3.3 yards a catch so that offense just struggled but um, you know Kentucky hung in there pretty well for you know a half maybe two and a you know um, two and a half quarters but then Georgia is just too strong for them the defense is just smothering and they just couldn't do much
5: yeah Kentucky you can tell that they had the game plan that they were they were going to run the ball and try not to make mistakes and keep that game close and that game plan actually worked um, until it did, until it didn't, until they just couldn't put up enough offense to win this one. And that might be the story against all the teams playing Georgia this year. Brandon, we appreciate it. Uh, Austin, Auburn at Arkansas today. We all, Bo Nix is streaky. You got good Bo Nix and bad Bo Nix. Which one did we see today?
0: So I just want to say real quick, a breaking. The Ole Miss game just ended uh, at Tennessee. Tennessee fans are, are just throwing things on the field. I just wanted to to get that out there as that's kind of unfolding. That that kind of seems to be the major story right now. and It looks like there's no end to that. On to Auburn, Arkansas, another SEC matchup on the day. 38-23 win for Auburn. Uh, A pretty decent win all around. We'll start with Auburn since they won. They won because we got good Bo Nix today. We don't always uh, see him in, in this state, but when we do, usually good things happen for Auburn. 21 for 26, 292 yards passing, a couple of touchdowns uh, and an interception. He also had a, a rushing touchdown on the ground, another 42 yards there. A uh, pretty good performance, the touchdown to kind of uh, ice this game away late. Um, and it was good that he that he played well because the running backs there really struggled today uh, for Auburn. Uh, two guys that we kind of expect a lot out of. Tank Bigsby, 18 carries, only 68 yards. Uh, He did have a touchdown on the day. Uh, Arkansas did a pretty good job bottling him up. Uh, Jarquez Hunter continued to eat into his uh, share of the touches there. 10 carries for him, only 27 yards, no touchdowns. Um, And really the only other statistical performance on Auburn that, that we would care about at all on the day is Demetrius Robertson who had a long touchdown catch a 60 65 yard touchdown uh and had one other catch on the day two catches 81 yards a touchdown uh kind of his mo but that was enough there uh for him to lead the team in receiving and again for auburn to get the win on the other side of things arkansas kept this game close it, it was a pretty good game until uh, our auburn scored very very late um kj jefferson This guy has played really well over the past couple weeks. I had kind of written him off a little bit a year or so ago um, when they they brought in uh, Felipe Franks from Florida. He took that job over. I said, ah, this is the end of KJ Jefferson. Not so fast, 21 for 35 today, 228 yards, two touchdowns, another 66 yards on the ground. He's not making very many mistakes, which is big for a guy that's kind of that raw, athletic uh, passer that, that is kind of in vogue in college football. Uh, they're stable of running backs. Uh, quiet on the day for the most part. Raheem Sanders continued his bid to kind of take over that entire backfield. 16 carries on the day. He led the team there. 64 yards. Uh, had another catch as well. Guys, if I'm advocating, the one player that I tell you to go by now before he really blows up big time, it's Raheem Sanders. He just looks... Like he's on another level out there uh, for the Razorbacks. Uh, Traylon Smith behind him, ten carries, forty-eight yards. Dominique Johnson had forty-two yards and a touchdown. Um, AJ Green had a quiet day, but they always keep those backs uh, kind of churning through. Receiving Traylon Burks, the only guy that we really care about, and he had himself another day: nine catches, one hundred and nine yards, two touchdowns. Uh, just. Dominated them physically I mean th- there's really not much that you can do to defend him When he's on and he was on today um, So I mean uh, Arkansas played pretty well Unfortunate for them They might be unranked next week But a big win for Auburn who, um, Who's who been catching a little bit of fire lately here
5: Yeah uh, Definitely has Demetrius Robertson It's been a long time since he was burning Kevin King As a freshman at Cal And Kevin King was at Washington um, But Traylon Burke's absolutely making a bid to be the number one wide receiver in the 2022 class. do want to take a minute to just express what's going on in the Tennessee Ole Miss game. There are still 54 seconds left. The game has been stopped. Lane Kiffin and the coaches are on the field. Um, The band for Tennessee has been escorted out. So has the Ole Miss cheerleading uh, squad. It looks like Got to protect things are being thrown on the field. And now there's a heavier police presence around. It looks like a lot of that ire is directed towards Lane Kiffin as he's headed towards a seven point win at his uh, former school. But it doesn't look like there's a whole lot of fans leaving there in Rocky top. So they might be preparing for a fight. So that is what is going on with old miss and Tennessee. Um, all right, Austin, we'll come back to you later in the game or later on the show. All right, um, Matt Bruning, did you want to talk about that aforementioned Old Miss-Tennessee game now or are you getting to it later? All right, let's go to... Well, my game, Alabama Ole Miss. Um, Alabama just leaned on an inferior opponent today. Very easy night for Bryce Young, who was 20 for 28 with four TDs and no interceptions. He was finding wide open receivers uh, all night, including John Mechie, who probably had his best game of the season, seven for 117 and one. Jameson Williams did his thing, adding his two catches, one of those for 75 yards and a touchdown. People are are starting to notice Jamison Williams, who we've been paying attention to, or at least I've been paying attention to for a while. But the story of this game had to be the defense for Alabama. Um, They harassed Will Rogers, including Will Anderson, uh, the Alabama outside linebacker. He had six tackles for four sacks and a pass breakup. You guys are always talking about offense on this damn show. We need to talk about the defensive players. Give them some love. Six tackles, four sacks, and a pass breakup for Will Anderson. He is going to be a first-round pick. If you watch this tape from last year, you saw him ragdolling Kyle Pitts in a few in, uh, instances, and he was a freshman at that time. So, um, not very much to say about Mississippi State. Will Rogers appears to have injured his shoulder at some point during the game, but stayed in in the game. He threw a pick six. Um, you know, I think this is what you could kind of expect when you are playing uh, a team like Alabama or, or a team like um uh Mississippi State so let's bring in Mr. Biased Opinions Will Rivera himself Will you had Oklahoma and TCU and boy man listen that
6: that, that Caleb Williams what a game listen if we thought that Spencer Rattler was done last week then this week just solidified it I mean Caleb Williams what a what a performance! I mean, this guy had a uh, four, five touchdowns total, two ninety-five on the ground, and then added a uh, sixty-six yards. Uh, I'm sorry, two ninety-five in, in the air, four touchdowns through the, through the air, and then uh, added one on the ground with sixty-six yards. And listen, had it not been for for Kayla Williams, we would have been talking about Kennedy Brooks, who also had one hundred and fifty-three yards rushing and, uh, and one touchdown there. But man, what are you gonna do, with rattler, right? Um, I asked this earlier. Do you go to the NFL? Do you put your name in there for the draft because of uh, the draft? Classes not look good or that strong for the quarterbacks or do you just uh, enter that transfer portal if i was rattler during halftime i'm 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 emailing i'm calling i'm leaving messages in that transfer portal and they're trying to get it done and it's a, it's def- definitely caleb williams season um again this may not sound good but um, i'm all about heisman williams right now so again there's not a lot of <laughs> look for good um but but i'm i'm i'm, I'm going for him here uh, on the other side, we had a uh, Quentin Johnson. I mean, this guy right here, seven receptions, 185 yards, uh, receiving three touchdowns. He had one one. Uh one grab in the end zone that pretty much should be on the nfl countdown for you got moss um pretty much just to manhandle that and uh took advantage of that db so it was a great game they finished off 52 31 but uh tcu was never in it they they were never in and so i think caleb williams um you know obviously put his name there it's 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 all it's all but done for spencer rattler man so anyway um i love the color uh hoodie there man we're going for that heather gray theme today on coast to coast
5: we're family. We're family here at Coast to Coast. That's why we, uh, you know, that's why we rock it out the way we do. We appreciate you, Will, and we're going to get you back a little bit later on so we can talk about um, what the sports book like, look, looked like. All right, Brandon, hey, Baylor, BYU. BYU was the ranked team here, but Baylor is uh, uh, only has one loss on the season with Dave Aranda, head coach. And you're muted, Brandon. So unmute yourself and tell us how those Baylor Bears and BYU, whatever they are, is yeah. how they did
3: that. <laughs> uh, The Cougars. The Cougars. Thank you for telling me I was muted. So, yeah, so B- BYU, um, I think it just showed that they have been ranked too high based on last week and this week. This game could have been worse. Uh, Baylor threw an interception when they were in the red zone and also went for it on fourth down uh, in BYU territory and did not. Uh, did not make it. Um So Baylor, they they were those tricky bears. They had an onside kick also in the first half that they got that they were able to score on. Um, they just showed more speed and they have such a strong run game. And they also uh Belichick, the uh, BYU Cougars, their uh, middle linebacker had a rushing touchdown and a receiving touchdown and a sack. Um, mm-hmm. So it, it just BYU at uh, Tyler Algier did not do much. He only had um, 33 yards rushing and uh, Puka did have a nice game, but it was mostly just uh, jump balls uh, and they just couldn't get offensive rhythm going through the whole game and pretty much it was Baylor was winning the whole, to- the whole time and just put them away at the end. They had, um, they have a two headed running um, monster there and they rushed for um, almost 200 yards. So they pretty much controlled the whole game. I think uh, BYU just was overmatching this one.
5: BYU overmatched, and they're probably going to fall out of the top 25 uh, after that loss. And But we're probably going to see Baylor in the top 25 next week. So we'll pay attention to the college football polls, which make no sense is why they had uh, Iowa number two this week. We appreciate you, Brandon. We'll get you back a little bit later on in the show. All right, Matt Bruning, now, now are we ready to
1: talk about that Tennessee?
5: We are. Wild, we are. wild ending there
1: that's still that's still not technically over but uh Ole, Ole Miss does have the ball with 54 seconds left it, it's for all intents and purposes over that's why likely the uh, bad sportsmanship why the Tennessee fans are throwing things on the field. Uh, but let's talk about the game which it ended up being a very good game here. Uh, Matt Corral with all with all kinds of injuries all over the field I think might have just as much as this might upset Will solidified his Heisman candidacy with a big win here. 231 yards in the air, two touchdowns, but did get 200 yards on the ground. I mean, he really put this team on his shoulders to get this win. You know, Snoop Conner who had a really big game last week just 26 yards on the ground does get the two touchdowns Parrish 41 ely was in and out of this game a little bit which helped them out as well wide receivers not much really what was done here jackson had a touchdown with just 42 yards and drummond had a big one there late in the game 66 yards on uh, Tennessee side, Hinton Hooker, a guy that Austin and Colin were talking about starting, uh, continues to at least play well for the Volunteers. I think he's been the reason that they've been in these games. 233 yards um, through the air with a touchdown. He did add 94 yards on the ground, as did Jabari Small, 92 and a touchdown. They both scored rushing touchdowns. Uh, receiving-wise, Jones was the big one with 93 yards, but I mean— Ole Miss, what what a game! I mean, I don't think anybody expected them to for it to be this close and to win a tough game like that with Corral. Like I said, I think uh, we might need to change uh, uh, our, our hashtags here for uh, Heisman Corral instead of Heisman Williams.
5: Well, we might have to call him number one pick Corral uh, because he's trending in that direction. He's just he's playing well. He's not turning the ball over. If he can get to a team that's going to emphasize the RPO. He could be dangerous, he could be dangerous in fantasy. So, all right, we'll see but we'll see what happens come April. Austin, nay, get back in here. Um, let's cover the headlines for the day. We always do headlines. There are two quarterback performances today that were um, exceptional. And let's start with Anthony Richardson, since that was the earlier game. Um, he comes in for Anthony Jones after, excuse me, Emory Jones, after Emory Jones throws a pick six to start the third quarter, they were down, getting down 1328 at that point. And he comes in and he immediately stresses the defense. They ran this play on the first drive that he was in this fake toss to the left, fake quarterback dive to the right. And they throw back to the running back. I mean, you see the safeties just shaking back and forth, not knowing where, what space to defend. Um, Listen, Austin, you're going to poo-poo this comparison, but he is a Cam Newton or Derek Henry when he has the ball. I mean, he can run quarterback dives. He can run your safeties and linebackers overs and and run through them. And he's just so explosive. Uh, He brings them all the way back to tie the game. And uh, we see this. We see this type of stress on a defense with Caleb Williams. We see it with Lamar Jackson. When the quarterback is a threat to run the ball, the defense attempts to take that away. There are going to be one-on-one opportunities for receivers. And we see that when Anthony Richardson is in the game. I think next year, Anthony Richardson might be, he's going to be either a first or second round pick. In in college fantasy, and CFF leagues, uh, when you unmute yourself, tell me that I'm wrong.
0: So if that's the case, then I will have zero Anthony Richardson. That is just an absurd price to pay for somebody that went out today, had a big game, still through two interceptions against – the 73rd ranked overall defense in the country, a defense that is missing literally the only three players on the team that are worth a damn. Uh, and both of the starting corners, Eli Ricks, Derek Stingley, and then their their best edge guy. Um, so I think we need to pump the brakes here quite a bit. Um, and they still lost the game. I mean, I, I don't know what else you want me to say about this. I, he's, he's certainly got all the tools. I we need to see a lot more before I'm taking this dude in the second round. I mean you're you're buying him at his absolute height of his value at that range and that's just not really how I do things.
5: I mean Kyle Trask was a, a QB1 um and he didn't have the physical tools that Anthony Richardson has. Anthony Richardson is going to be is going to have 10 15 touchdowns next year rushing the ball. I mean what I mean what what am I getting wrong here? I tout somebody who doesn't run the ball, people fade him. I tout somebody who does run the ball. Oh no, no, that's too high of a price tag. Come on, I now. can get Malik Cunningham. Both.
0: I can get Malik Cunningham twenty-five rounds later, and he's going to put up very comparable stats. I mean that—that's the thing. It, you, if if you're taking him in the second round, you have to believe that he's a top twenty NFL draft pick at the quarterback position. I don't see that with him right now.
5: Why do? You, well, timeout here. If we're talking about in campus to Canton leagues, yeah. he I think that he is somebody who next year, if he's a starter somewhere, he could absolutely help you win your the college side of your campus to Canton leagues.
0: You don't see it that way, sure. But so can Malik Cunningham. Twenty rounds later, and that that is the issue. I think that I I don't see the high end NFL upside yet. He has the tools. That's like the magic word for all these guys is tools, and you just pray. Uh, that something can happen i mean is he a better player than Malik willis was uh, at liberty last year and we're seeing what Malik willis is doing this year i mean i, I just think it's it, it's it, we get a little bit ahead of ourselves when we see any of these guys that can do these things because our minds automatically go to lamar jackson the, the or josh possible. allen or and it's that that is the, the you know the one percent of guys that have those tools that even get to that particular point so i just I need to see a few more games. If they say he's the starter for the rest of the year and he continues on this pace, okay, I'm willing to start talking about a top 36 pick. I don't think they'll give him that opportunity. I still think they'll flip-flop between him and Emory Jones. And so for that reason, if you told me next year that his ADP is within the top 24, I would have to be out on Anthony Richardson.
5: The last thing I want to say about Anthony Richardson is you saw he is developing as a passer. Yes, he threw interceptions today. Both of the interceptions, he threw one scrambling to his right where he just kind of threw it across his body. The other pass, he was fading to his right and threw the ball across his body to the left on a deep uh, wheel route or something like that. The reason he threw that interception is because he knows he can make those throws, and he has made those throws from these off-platforms. He has the arm strength to do so. He doesn't need to do that in the future, but – but he has the talent to make those throws when necessary they even call these throw that throwback plays a lot for him so all right let's um the number one team in in the country and it it should have been the number one team in the country before uh this past week is georgia their defense is dominant that's not a question but austin do you think that they can win a national championship with stetson bennett playing quarterback
0: what I, I was trying to think when I saw that you were going to ask this question: What's the last college football team we saw win a championship with a quarterback that we don't really we we're, we're we're very hesitant to crown any sort of future NFL potential? I mean, Jason White with Oklahoma in the early 2000s is that the last the last guy? I I can't think of any since then, and certainly not in recent time. I mean, it, it would be pretty unprecedented, but I think with how good their defense is and just with how down of a year this is across college football. I think it certainly has to be a possibility. I, I, I'm interested to see who they end up choosing if they continue to roll with Stetson Bennett or or they go with Daniels when he comes back healthy, uh, whenever that that may be. Um, but I, I definitely think they can. I mean, sure. What who? What are the other top? T- I mean, do, outside yeah. of them, who who do we feel like re- is guaranteed to be in the playoff? Well, you got to see how.
5: Yeah, you, yeah, you got to see how Oklahoma yeah. develops but i mean i think that i think that that defense is going to be a problem for oklahoma and then obviously alabama but i would say the same thing i mean that that the, that front seven that front seven is absolutely ridiculous and even for mobile quarterbacks i mean you can't run away from everybody and they just put a lot of pressure they get a lot of pressure up front um i saw this comparison i think it was from damon parson comparing them to the 2000 ravens a team that can just and they they also score on special teams you know so yeah i think that they can, it's not a sexy win they like to grind it out and force offenses to make mistakes and eventually get short short field positions and brock bowers is, is playing well it's not sexy but damn it it's going to be it's going to be hard for a team to beat georgia so i agree with you i think that they can win um david bell david bell had a ridiculous game today uh against against uh, Iowa, who for some reason was the number two team in the in the country. I mean, I don't know what your fi- – we haven't talked a lot about David Bell this season. Austin, what are your feelings about him specifically in regards to this uh, wide receiver class?
0: Yeah, he's fallen a little bit through the cracks, and I believe he missed a game as well uh, due to injury. He's been as consistent as ever this year, uh, over 100. Hundred yards receiving your game, except for one, and obviously made up for it today by going over two hundred. Um, if he's got, I, I believe, five touchdowns on the year at this point. Um, look, I, I actually, I, I like David Bell. I don't know that there's special upside with him. I think he's certainly going to be a guy that's a, a good receiver in the NFL for a long time. The thing that I think we need to start paying attention to, as people that kind of uh, do a lot of work in this space. And we've seen it the past couple of years, where we the the Debbie community and, and the the fantasy community are really high on a guy, and you go through some of these draft guys that are really connected to NFL teams and to scouts and the Senior Bowl and and all these different things, and they don't have David Bell anywhere close to the top. I think we really have to pay attention to that. There's a very real possibility it could be a, a Tyler Johnson situation, uh, where he just you, we get to the offseason, and all of a sudden the the, the hype he's just. Dying uh, in some of these uh, projections. So he's actually a guy where if I have him and I don't need him, I think I'm just cashing in at this point and getting the most. And and this is a great week to do it after going for over 200 yards and a couple of touchdowns today.
5: Yeah, and uh, I can't put my finger on it, but there are some players where I'm just like, "I I don't feel like that player is necessarily special, and I feel that way about David Bell, even though you see him make these excellent catches. He has excellent ball skills uh over his shoulder, over his head. I mean, he's he's a great catcher of the football. I've seen Alan Robinson comparisons for him. I don't know that he's going to be the athlete that Allen Robinson was, but we'll see. Alan we'll Allen
0: Robinsons are dying out too. Just they like are that archetype that the 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 six two pretty good athlete slot guy. Like that that rule does not necessarily exist anymore because we're getting so many uh, of these slot-specific guys. So that, it, it, you know, if you're comping him to, to Allen Robinson, you think that maybe the slot's his best position. I think that's a scary proposition for a guy like David Bell. Well, we
5: are not uh, – uh, one position is, that's not dying out is the quarterback who can make plays with his feet, and that's Caleb Williams. Caleb Williams, uh, who was a 55% completion percentage passer in high school, had himself a day for OU. Uh, the last I looked, he had over 50 points um, in fantasy. I still lost in the one area where I started him. Kurt Curb Street said something during the game, and I thought that it was true. He said that the team, not just the offense, but the team as a whole felt different with Caleb Williams at the helm. Now, I know they gave up 31 points or 30-some-odd points in the game today, but they absolutely felt different, um, including scoring a defensive touchdown. The way that that place was absolutely rocking. Uh, Caleb Williams made a difference. Uh, made an absolute difference for that team.
0: We should have Kirk come on the show sometime to talk about that. I think that would be uh, a really good, <laughs> a really good show. Um, yeah. So, I Oklahoma's offense is fairly. Quarterback friendly. I, I almost said easy to run, and that's obviously not the case. The quarterback position is, 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 is there's a lot going on, but it, it's fairly quarterback friendly. If you've got somebody in there that I think is competent and willing to buy into that system, we saw guys just running wide open all over the place. And I have a really hard time believing that none of that was happening when Spencer Rattler was there, who was consistently throwing it into very tight windows and into double coverage, uh downfield into places that perhaps he shouldn't have been. Or Spencer Rattler was just taking what the defense was giving him, whether it was guys winning deep, whether it was, you know, guys winning in the, running, you know, wide open across the middle of the field he was just make, making the smart play. He, he wasn't forcing things, and I think that's the most encouraging thing about Caleb Williams the past two weeks is just how well he's worked within that structure. And once they finally you know, get him settled in and can unleash him, I think we're, we're only scratching the surface of really what Caleb Williams can do for you as a quarterback and as a football player. And I think it's, it, it's time where he is almost not viable at all. Like if I I, if I have a lot of him, I just you'd have to pay me over the moon to get him
5: just by virtue of being on the field. Caleb Williams stresses your linebackers and he stresses your safeties because you can't guard everything and you have to account for him in the running game. And so that's why you see these wide receivers having these one. I mean, there were like three or four pass interference penalties on deep passes today because they're getting open. I mean, and if they don't pass interfere, it's going to be a touchdown. Mike Woods was getting deep. We didn't see any Mario. Win- when are we going to see Mario Williams, that explosive player? Hopefully Mike- soon,
0: for uh, for your sake.
5: <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully soon. Uh, but, yeah, but Mike Woods absolutely getting deep today. Jadon J Hazelwood was the guy used in the red zone. But this is what we thought we would see with Spencer Rattler at the, at the helm. But, no, it's Caleb Williams, <laughs> whose best season as a passer in high school was uh, 59%. and He actually got worse thereafter. Um, Lincoln Riley just doing uh, – well, I, let's give credit to Caleb Williams, but Lincoln Riley absolutely scheming up open wide receivers, and Caleb Williams is finding them. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how that, t- I mean, that's a team that we thought had national championship hopes at the beginning of the year. They're still undefeated. If they're going to play like this, if they're going to play like this, they may end up being the number two team in the country and could wind up in the uh, championship game, which is where I had them all along. All right. Appreciate it, Austin. Let's let's bring in Mr. Bias' opinions again, Mr. Will Rivera. Uh, Will, you know, I'm a betting novice. I want to know something about the sports book today what were the good bets what were the good bets in today's week of college football action
6: well listen we had we had some great bets um you know uga um i think they were they were favored by too much so i had to take uh, kentucky and kentucky was able to, to cover that spread it was a plus 22. They were able to get it at the last uh, three seconds there. Uh, you know that that, that coach uh, definitely uh, called a timeout with them being down by so much, but still I, I loved it because I was I was sweating that game. I needed a uh, Kentucky to go ahead and cover that, so they did. Another good bet was a uh, Michigan State. Michigan State was uh, was minus uh, four and a half. They they did end up winning by five, so that was good. And then Alabama. You know a lot of people were were, were picking were on the other side there, but I just thought that a- after a loss, Alabama was going to come out strong. So I did like that. And there was a lot of live bets i did take advantage of that uh tcu oklahoma oklahoma game and i just kept on hammering the over i mean once uh, oklahoma got on the board i was like okay so riley's gonna you know this is pretty much when uh like baker mayfield was 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 there and and kyla murray was there um and even um hurts right a, a couple years ago so i was like okay he's gonna go ahead and do his thing and i'm um, aired out and so he did and so I, I definitely took advantage of that first half uh, over and then also the the game over so it was good man it was good now to some to some bad bets uh yeah i
5: was uh, i was gonna say caleb williams making money for everybody so yeah like go yeah. Like, go. what were the losers today you're gonna go into a florida the okay
6: florida I, I don't i don't know what they're doing i don't know what florida was doing against uh lsu obviously they weren't doing a lot um I thought they were going to cover that -11 pretty easily. Another letdown game and another letdown bet for me was a uh, UNC -7. Um they they wanted to make it a game with Miami that shouldn't have been a game. Again, that was a game that I had going on for for the over. That was looking great. And then uh we had the um uh, Ohio um Oklahoma State and Texas over 61. They didn't get there. I thought that they would. Didn't uh didn't get there. And then the last one, this is a, this is a personal feat for me not feeling too good heisman martinez okay heisman martinez i i i, I went all in on him on on the rushing, on on prize picks you know with uh using the code c2c and uh having him over 52 and a half yards rushing the man finished with minus 17 yards rushing so i I'm, listen one more week of this awful play i might have to get off him and, and go on to um, heisman williams um over there at oklahoma so you know, um, I got one foot out off off the bandwagon, but one foot in still, so um, at the end that- of the day, I'm all about winning so. That feels
5: like a better bet, even though he's only going to start, you know, six games to to finish the season. Uh, Listen, it's not a, it's feels- not a
6: strong it's not a strong lineup there. It's not a strong lineup there. So we'll see what happens. We'll see who else is going to be able to go to the uh, to, to the front of that line there. But uh, I do like what I saw from Williams today, and I think he's going to be able to um, to keep it up for the rest of the season. So I think they they could be in uh, good contention for uh, to to make the playoffs and 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 probably make it to the championship. Speaking of
5: prize picks, promo code C2C, of course, use your your promo code C2C to get a match up to $100 and to get a free subscription to the website. Uh, We got merch. We got merch at campusdecanton.com. We haven't mentioned that in a long time. Um, But go get your hats, get your T-shirts, get your – all of that good stuff, your baseball shirts. We got a lot of nice stuff, a lot of different colors, very high-quality stuff. I need to start wearing that stuff on the show uh, but go ahead and get your merch at Campus Two Canes from Veridian. Uh, from Veridian Global, they make really high quality stuff. They've got high quality stuff um, for for for, the, for for us. I'm I'm told that they're called Henleys, not baseball shirts. I guess that's what the cool kids say. That's what the cool kids say. All right, um, we need to figure out whose value changed, or whose whose value up, whose values down. Will we appreciate it? Um, we can find you at biased opinions and we'll see you next week. All right. Uh, Austin, get in here so you can, we can talk about, by the way, Lane Kiffen, this game actually just ended. Lane Kiffin is escorted off the field, flanked by four. State yeah. teams, listen, dudes who look like they could kill somebody. Um, and that, that still didn't prevent the fans from throwing stuff at him as he walked out. So, <sighs>
0: Good times for Lane Kiffin, right, Austin? I'm just happy that, that Ole Miss ended up winning this game because Tennessee did get the ball back with about 18 seconds yeah. left. <laughs> Went did. down the field, and then Joe Milton uh, did Joe well, Milton things. So <laughs> they're at the 20 uh,
5: yard line. Joe Jill, Jill Milton tries to, with three seconds left, they snap the ball. He's gonna, he has to throw it into the end zone. And he tries to run, and he goes out of bounds uh, at the like nine. It just makes no sense whatsoever. He is um, not
3: a good quarterback i'm glad everyone sees that and because I, beginning of the season people were talking about oh, he's going to do this at tennessee no he's 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 not fast that you know i think that the, on the field it just moves too fast for him as you see as he ran out of bounds in a opportunity where you can't run out of bounds well it's probably right, brandon
0: as i say it's probably stocked down for joe milton then but <laughs> 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 look at that segue. Whose stock is on the rise after week seven? Brandon, let, let's go to you first. Who was who's the guy that stood out to you today?
3: Um yeah, I, I guess definitely Tyrian Davis Price. Um two two straight, really strong performances, especially today. Um he made Florida look really dumb and just ran all over him. And I think he takes over that that batfield and obviously raises his value. So um who knows maybe if he keeps on you know getting over 150 or 250 yards he can save coach O's job this year but uh, he he was looking uh, very good today you know had a nice burst and uh, you know he had a uh, I think a couple touchdowns so he looked really good today in the, in that game
0: Brandon I I want to follow up question here with you you said that he might save Ed Ordron's job do you think that's likely and is it stock up for Ed Ordron on the day as well here a big no, man that no. he
3: needed he needed. He needed that. He needed that win. I don't think he's gonna save it. But I mean, crazier things have happened.
0: But, yeah, yeah. I mean, who's to say? Um, uh, Matt, you don't have a stock. Uh, you're you're a glass half empty kind of guy. I know you are. I mean, so just tell I'm us usually, who you have. As stock is down,
1: actually pretty positive, I think. But uh, I I am going negative here. Um, And it's a guy that we were talking a lot about on Twitter today, Austin, with with everybody pumping up Malik Willis. Two games now. Today they played UL Monroe, Monroe, where they lost. Last week they played a Middle Tennessee school, I believe, or a Directional Tennessee school. not 100% sure of which one. Over these past two games, he's been 33 of 58 for a 56.8 completion percentage, 357 yards passing with three touchdowns and six interceptions. That is six interceptions in the last two games. He has added 237 yards on the ground with three touchdowns. You tweeted out, I mentioned it then. We talked a little bit about it last week, too. I believe that these plays that everybody keeps blowing up on Twitter as like, oh, my God, he's going to be the next best thing to come into the NFL are not going to work in the NFL. He's not going to be able to scramble around for 30 yards and five minutes, and then throw a touchdown down the field. It's just not going to work like that in the NFL. The talent is a lot better than what you're playing at a directional school in Middle Tennessee, or I think it was Middle Tennessee, so I'll stop saying directional Middle, middle Tennessee, but it's got to be stocked down for him. There's a lot of people who are still out there touting him as a first-round pick or one of the top quarterbacks off the board. I, I just I don't see it. I think if you can get him, if you can sell him now at that value, I would do it because – I saw a couple people talking, hey, maybe he gets drafted, we got to give him a couple years. The NFL does not do that anymore. They do not give quarterbacks a couple years. You get a, you maybe get a year if you're lucky. Everybody keeps talking about the Patrick Mahomes situation. Let's not forget Patrick Mahomes was sitting behind Alex Smith, who, granted, may not be the best NFL quarterback, but he was taking that team to the playoffs, almost had them in the Super Bowl. Alex Smith was a good quarterback. Most of these quarterbacks that are about to get drafted are not going behind an Alex Smith. So, I don't know that Malik willis will even get a year if that I really think we need to stop with this he's a first round pick just give him time to sit thing he's he's just not it
0: yeah i I I appreciate the any impassion or, you know passionate uh, uh, speech against uh, Malik Willis uh, Felix, do you have a guy that was stock up stock down for you today besides Anthony Richardson you're not allowed to say him but
5: <laughs> um no how about Jalen Warren um Austin and Chris Moxley, you guys were talking about Jalen Warren taking over that uh, Oklahoma State backfield, and I didn't listen to you. I said it was going to be Dominic richardson that he was going to have a, a role there, um, and, and, and he has, and I thought that uh, LD Brown, is it, that uh, that would you know start it off and then eventually Richardson would get it. No, but Jalen Warren, I got to see him a little bit today, and he actually looked explosive. I understand that he was the uh, JUCO Player of the Year before he transferred to Utah State and eventually transferred to uh, Oklahoma State. So he's got some pedigree behind him. If you consider, it. I mean, that's what Ramondre Stevenson was. That's what Ramondre Stevenson was was one of the best players at the JUCO level, and um, he looked like a load today. And I, I give you guys, I give you guys credit. I don't know how much eligibility he he has left. If he has another year, or if he's going to be coming out this year, but he looks. Looked very, looked very good, and if you're starting him on the college side of your C two Cs, I mean, what a value did you did you get in Jalen Warren?
0: Yeah, it, it was definitely a guessing game with those four running backs, and and whichever one kind of had the first big game was going to be the guy that, that that went there, and it, and it ended up being Warren. Um, I just want to throw out a nail, speaking of taking over backfields here, Israel Abonikon at Pitt, a guy that I, you know, granted I'm. Uh, a pit guy, a big pit fan went there uh, for school. I, I said at the beginning of the season, I thought that he could take over this backfield by the end of the year uh, that, I, that he's explosive. He was the, the Gatorade player of the year in New York, his senior year of high school. Um, he, he was listed as an athlete, wasn't, but it was always apparent he was going to be a running back chose pit looked poor last year by all accounts of practice. And the coaches kind of sat him down over the off season and said, look, like, you need to either be all in on this or you need to go do something else. and he took that to heart and they said that all off season he was the best player at, at in the offseason workouts during the spring when it pit spring game, they draft teams. They pick team captains, they draft their teams like a sandlot. Israel Abanaconda was the first overall pick. In that draft, and Pitt has some pretty good players. After they, you know, they won today. They're five and one. They're a pretty good team. He was the first overall pick. Today was the beginning of him taking over that backfield. Twenty-one carries, 140 yards. He was explosive. He created a ton, uh, a ton for himself. Um, he's he's just a, a very dynamic player, and, and I think that we're looking at a guy that can certainly be an NFL back because uh, he has he, he's over 205 to 10 pounds and uh, he, he's going to be a really good player. So I think that he has a big stock up for me today, and I think if you did not get him before today, you missed your chance to buy cheap. Anybody else? About cheap. Oh, go ahead. Go yeah, ahead.
5: Jerome Ford. we got to mention Jerome Ford. Now, I watched a little bit of this game, and he was – I mean, he's somebody, if you give him a straight line, he's going to shoot through it, and he's gone. Um, but he was explosive, explosive today against uh, UCF.
0: Yeah, great, great, great game there for him. Um, is that, that to it for the panel today, guys? I mean, that's some pretty good discussion there. Um, we can certainly move into left-coast check-in.
5: Left-coast check-in. Get out of here. Get out of here, Matthew. Get out of here, Brandon. Get out of here, especially you, Austin. Get out of here. Let's bring in the... Uh... The, the, the nicest guy in the, in the in the fantasy community, Kevin Coleman, co-host of the Debbie Royale, Debbie contributor at Fantasy Pros, contributor here at Campus Listen, he's everywhere. He's at the boys underscore twenty two twenty two, and he joins us just about every week for the West Coast to check in. Uh, Kevin, I want to start with uh, this Louisiana Tech at UTEP game that just wrapped up. Jacob Cowan. Jacob Cowan for Cowan for UTEP. He is um quite the player. How did he how did he look
4: Yeah, thanks for having me tonight, guys. Uh Jacob Cowan, nine receptions, 166 yards, no touchdowns, though. So you didn't get in the end zone, but he just looks special. Um and he's gonna be an interesting case. You know, can he be a Where's he gonna go in the draft? Where's the draft cap gonna go? But you have to look at this team and know that he just he's just lighting it up this year, uh, and he's a lot of fun to watch. I know Jarek Backus really likes him. Uh, he's got some fancy charts that I don't quite understand, but it, whatever the charts say, it's a good thing. Uh, so and, and he looks good, and he already has six hundred nine. You know, he had six hundred nine yards coming in. Um, so it, it's legit. Uh, everything is there uh, for me. Um, I love Cowing. Uh, Hankins also had two touchdowns as well. Uh, from UTEP rushing. Louisiana Tech did nothing. Uh, so Hankins and Zig get two touchdowns, but other than that, it's Cowan's show.
5: Jacob Cowing has only had two games this season where he did not uh, have over 112 yards receiving. Only two. So yeah. in, in every other game, he has had over 112 yards receiving. He is absolutely balling, averaging 23.4 yards a catch. I mean, if you haven't taken a look at Jacob Cowing, it's somebody that you need to take a look at. Um all right, uh, Air Force Boise State, Khalil Shakir, uh, Hank Bachmeyer. Those are some names to watch at least uh, uh, for Boise State. How
4: are they looking? Yeah, they're gonna. It looks like they're gonna lose here to Air Force, twenty four seventeen. Air Force looks like they're gonna go six to one, six and one, and Boise State three and four. I don't remember the last time Boise State's been three and four in my lifetime. They've always been really consistent, but uh, they're definitely struggling right now. Shakur had uh, four catches for seventy five yards, no touchdowns. Uh, Cobb's had uh, for Boise State actually six receptions, 83 yards, and a touchdown, so he looked good. Uh, Van Muren fifteen carries, fifty eight yards, and a touchdown. Uh, Bachmeyer did okay, uh, but again, th- that offensive line struggled tonight. Uh, Air Force just kind of ran it down their throats uh, like we expect air force to do air force only had 59 yards receiver they had one catch in this game um and it was one catch 59 yards and that was it uh and i always laugh when we watch the triple option uh but yeah they they just they dominated air force is six and one and it looks like you know boise state's gonna go three and four
5: 40 seconds left uh air force has the ball so it looks like air force is gonna take the win they might be ranked next week arizona state in utah be. kevin Um, There are a lot of fantasy relevant players for that Arizona State team and a few for Utah. Uh, How's that game looking?
4: Yeah, this is one of the games I was highlighting this week. I was talking about on the day of Royale. Uh If Arizona State can win this game, they, have a, they should go to the Pac-12 championship. Uh, and so this is a huge game for them tonight. They're winning 21-14. Utah does have the ball right now. So Jaden Daniels is playing well. 11 for 18, 157 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, you know, at Rashad White, six carries, 52 yards. He looks good. Traynham looks good, too. Um Jaden Daniels also has six six, carries for 33 yards and a touchdown. So we know the Jaden Daniels show is going to be there. LB Bunkley-Sheldon, I know that was Austin's guy at one point. He's got one catch for 59 yards. Hodges has 42 yards and a touchdown. Jalen Conyers is a guy I really liked. Uh, Tight end transfer from Oklahoma. And he finally got on the board tonight with a touchdown. Doesn't have a lot of catches or receiving yards, but I really like him going forward. I think that he could be a sleeper pick in your guys' drafts next year. Um, On the other side, again, Utah's rushing is just kind of – Tavion Thomas this week is him 11 carries 62 yards a touchdown rising also has a touchdown and then i know cameron rising for a lot of people um i think i saw Austin tweet about him He has 144 yards he does have two interceptions though but he does have a touchdown of 44 yards rushing and utah has the ball again so this gun game, this game's gonna come out of the wire I, arizona state has a trouble closing out teams um so it'll be interesting to see what Jaden daniels can do
5: yeah, and finally, Kevin, uh Hawaii at Nevada, which is a, a sneaky good game. However, she, Evan Cadero is injured, I believe. And so the yeah. freshman, uh, Brandon Schrager
4: is starting, and he's not looking too good
5: uh, thus far.
4: He's not looking great. Uh, but hey, they beat, you know, my team, Fresno State. Uh, this is on the road and they, they look like they're playing pretty well. Um day Hunter right now has eight carries for 174 y- yards and two touchdowns. Uh and he is just straight up just killing this Nevada defense. Um, Nevada's up 2017 at halftime, but uh, they got to stop him somewhere. A uh, Calvin Turner for Hawaii has two catches, 48 yards. On the flip side, um, Carson Strong, you know, he has 209 yards, hasn't thrown a touchdown, hasn't thrown an interception, he's been pretty solid. Uh, their running back, uh, I got I'm gonna mispronounce this, Toa Tua, 12 carries, fifty two yards. A total oh, yeah thanks Felix this is why you're the lawyer uh 12 carries 54 yards and two touchdowns uh that is, that is what he does he looks really good there uh and it, hey you know when you're looking at who we thought was going to be the guy for that offense Cole Turner uh, i know Alfred thinks he's uh, not good at all but he had eight receptions 108 yards and zero touchdowns but he's looked very good in this first half Romeo dubes has been there as well um and then you would like to know that Carson strong has minus 13 yards so you, you get ready for that tweet later i'm expecting it
5: uh Carson, I think that the line on Carson Strong with prize picks was 13 and a half, negative 13 and a half. Um it might have been something, at 13 something right, right around there. So all right. Well, Kevin, we appreciate you staying. Well, actually, it's not late for you. Um, you're on the wrong side of the country, but that's all right. We love you anyway. <laughs> appreciate all right. I appreciate you, Kevin. you, You can find best. Kevin at Du Bois under du, at Du Bois underscore 22. All right, Kevin. We'll see you next week. See you guys. <laughs> all right. Austin, um, it was a good week of college football. Next week, you know, I I don't know that there are that many uh, games to really highlight, but it starts on Thursday. We've got a good game on Thursday with Coastal Carolina and App State. Um, That's pretty big, especially for Coastal Carolina, who continues to get these nationally televised games.
0: It's Coastal's last relatively difficult game on the schedule. I mean, Appalachian State went out and had a total stinker this past week against uh, Louisiana. Um, uh, but the rest of the, their schedule is just is just charm and soft. So I think Coastal Carolina, for them, going out, just putting up a, a huge score line on a nationally televised game, as you said, uh, needs to happen in order for them to try to maneuver into one of those New York Six Bowls. Um, so so Start. A, a f- important game for them.
5: Yeah, we're starting all of our Chanticleers that we have. Um, USC, Notre Dame, maybe we maybe we see Tyler Buckner start or get more significant playing time against the Trojans.
0: Yeah, I mean, two teams that obviously aren't going to go anywhere significant this year. But, hey, I mean, it's USC, Notre Dame. There's always something wacky that goes on in this game. Um, uh, two teams that basically we hate their starters and we really want the freshmen to take over. So that would be nice. Um, but I I mean, it's going to be a snooze fest. I think USC has been poor. Notre Dame is a defensive football team, uh, but, it, but it's USC-Notre Dame. I, I don't know. I mean, there's just something special about that game on the schedule every year, even though I despise both of those teams. I watch it every year. Um, Ohio State It will be back next week after being on
5: a bye this week, and they face Indiana. Um, Indiana is not the team that they were last year but you've noted here that Indiana is the best secondary that Ohio State will have faced since Oregon so that maybe that's a test for uh, C.J. Stroud.
0: They certainly slowed down uh, Michigan State's uh, offense today um, made them one-dimensional. We'll see if they try to do something. Ohio State obviously a much more difficult team uh, to do that against Um, but Indiana showed some life today. I thought this game might be a 25 30 point game now now it might be a little bit closer um after what i watched indiana do today as long as penix plays if penix is out again all bets are off um uh,
5: and quite frankly next week old miss lsu i think that we need to continue to pay attention to matt corral after bryce young i mean it's matt corral is right there for the heisman this year after running for 200 yards uh, uh this week against tennessee um must watch television Matt Corral because uh, I gotta consider uh, he young Bijan John Robinson there aren't that many um, guys who are up there for the Heisman so we definitely have to pay attention to to him
0: I mean it's gotten to the point where we're hyping Kenny Pickett and the defensive tackle from Georgia as <laughs> potential finalists for the Heisman it's getting, we're getting <laughs> it, 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 we don't have a lot to work with this year so uh, yes Matt Corral um, someone teaches me how to slide this week in his off time teaches man how to slide please sneaky good
5: games michigan versus northwestern uh, is michigan going to be looking ahead to their matchup uh, against michigan state the following week and then nevada fresno state i like both of those teams and i like the quarterbacks in that game that's one that i'm going to be staying up for um but that's that's what we are looking forward to next week i don't think we have anything else I so we've taken you we've taken you from coast to coast Good night, America. We'll see you next week.